0: Hi all, alongside my State of Mind podcast, I've decided to do a couple of videos and audios to explain the different things that can affect our mental health. You can find these on my YouTube channel, just search for State of Mind with Richard Sefton. Like and please subscribe, then share with your friends, it could really help someone. I will include some theory and serious bits, but when it comes to learning, I've always found it difficult from an academic point of view, and so I thought these bite-sized nuggets, from my point of view, may come in handy if you find yourself struggling. As it's very real to me this year I'm going to start off with grief. What is grief? A lot of people think that grief is just about mourning a death. It's not. It's about loss and it can be felt when losing a job, losing a friendship, moving house. It can be felt in so many ways from so many different things. Basically though it's our emotional response to losing a loved one or a loved thing. For me, losing my mum was and is so very painful. I've felt shock, anger, denial, bargaining, depression and to some degree acceptance. Also, I started to process the grief before she was actually dead. So in other words, the seven stages of grief. I'm not sat here pretending that my grieving process is anywhere near over as it's only been six months since my mum died. I'm sat here right in the middle of grief because although I've experienced, felt all of the stages at some point, they're cyclical and they don't heal in any sort of order. Every one of us feel it different feels it differently. First off though for me, as I said, it was processing the grief. I suppose because of the job I do and and my mum did, I knew to give myself time and not punish myself for feeling a certain way for too long or too short a time. My mum was a counsellor. As well as me. Um, I suppose I started to grieve for my mum as soon as we got the diagnosis, which was um, about January 2021. I understood a little of what I was about to experience after listening to many of my clients and their accounts uh, of grieving, of their grief. But that's not to say that it was easy and it's not to say that it doesn't hit me like a ton of bricks every few minutes or hours or days because it does. And when it does, it comes on hard. I knew things like asking for help wasn't a sign of weakness, or the more that I spoke about Mum, however difficult that may seem, would actually help me through. I knew to keep talking about her, either in my head or out loud, and I set myself little, achievable, and realistic goals to take my mind out of the grief momentarily and to give myself a break, but also told myself that this was okay. It wasn't a betrayal. Every now and again, if I want a break, then I can have a break. I knew to correct my thinking when, even if I laughed, I instantly felt guilt. Still do. But I'm allowed to laugh. I was allowed to laugh. Mum loved to laugh. She loved it when I laughed. And if you knew me, you'd know that laughing is probably what I do most. And to stop myself laughing would be to change myself. Don't change yourself. Even though mum had been in hospital for four weeks before she died, it was still a massive shock. And when I heard those words, she's gone um, it was, it was, it was massive, it was, it was, it was all-consuming, we tried to make sure that mum was never alone, and even with Covid COVID restrictions, we managed that between us, um, I wasn't there at the very end, my older brother and my sister-in-law were, and I felt relief as well as the shock, then I felt bad for feeling relief, but mum had been struggling for at least two of those four weeks, I think it's important as well to get rid of any guilt that I may have felt by not being there at the end. She knew that I was there in spirit and I was there over those four weeks so very much. Uh, I remember driving back to the hospital with my partner and knowing that my younger brother was travelling there with my other sister-in-law as well. There was a collective, there was a feeling of a collective grief almost and that that I took some comfort in that. Um, But I also felt numb. A head full of questions, but at the same time feeling completely empty, completely numb, um, and the anticipation of what was to follow what I was about to see, what I now had to face, was everywhere. It was all around me. The knowledge that her favourite girls, her two dogs, Daisy and Rose, wouldn't see her again and that I wouldn't hear that laugh again absolutely killed me. And at the same time, it kept me going on on that drive. I suppose that, you know, I possibly shouldn't have been driving, but if I'm honest, I felt hyper-focused. Don't get me wrong, though, there were lots of tears on the way, lots of screaming as well and... uh, I couldn't understand the feeling of grief, even though, like I've said, I have been told and talked about grief so much. Uh, But, you know, these it's normal. It's normal to question these things that we've never been through, these these paths that we've never walked along. Uh, Anger. I felt so much anger since her death. Mum had lots of trauma and tragedy in her life and I suppose it's easy to forget that in some way everybody does. It's so easy for me to focus on what mum had told me about things that she'd been through, things I'd witnessed myself and been there for. The fact that she was given her her death sentence a year earlier and although she had worked all of her life it took the DWP until she was in hospital with no chance of coming home to sort out her benefits. I was angry I'm angry now talking about it. It's so upsetting. I get angry at her for not living her life to the full. I get angry at my brother for texting me last thing at night to tell me that he misses her. Not because it's something that I should be angry at as such, but because that's not my time for grief just before I go to bed. And I would never stop my brother from texting me those 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 messages because it's helping him. But at that time, just before going to bed, it's the last thing that I want to read. Because I've done my processing of my grief during the day, I have an off button that I can sometimes use and I can put that grief in a drawer, box it up until I'm ready to deal with it next. You know, I'm not shutting down the grief. I'm just shutting it down at that time. Um, I get angry at my other brother for not being able to look at pictures or videos of her. And that's the opposite of with my younger brother. That's me expecting my brother to follow my grief pattern, which none of us should do, because like I've said, grief is different for every single one of us. I get angry at myself when I momentarily forget that she's gone. I get angry at the government for failing her in so many ways, so many times, over so many years. I get angry with the hospital in Wales for not picking up her bone cancer, even though the year before she had many bone scans because of a broken back. And as soon as she moved back to England... It was picked up almost straight away. I suppose most of all, I get angry at the universe, which for me is the worst because I want to shout and scream, but I don't know where to direct it. So I actually do it. I actually go out. I I go somewhere that's remote. Thankfully, I live somewhere in the middle of nowhere, so I can go somewhere remote. But, you know, I'm not even sure if I'd care if there's people around. But I scream, I shout, I have conversations with the universe, I have conversations with her, and I think that this helps. I mentioned that I have moments when I forget that mum's dead, Uh, denial I suppose, it's strange because sometimes my body, my brain consciously or sometimes subconsciously won't let me believe that she isn't here anymore, I'll go to text her or I think I'll see her walking down the street or catch a glimpse of her in a room uh, I'm in at home, only to see that it's, it's not her, it's not her at all and it's nothing that would even resemble a human being. But this is fine and it only lasts for maybe a split second until i realize even the texting you know i i go to text her but that's literally a split second i've not even reached for my phone um i do have a belief in the afterlife i'm just not sure what it is and so these moments are confusing for me but that's fine and sometimes it's nice to sit with denial because in denial my mom's still here it's nice sometimes to indulge in that denial again everyone's different and i'm only speaking for my journey and for myself I'd ask myself if it was something that I could, if there's something that I could have done or ask questions like if I'd have been better or if I hadn't done that bad thing I did a few weeks ago, would this still have happened? Would mum still have been here? Is there anything that I could have done to stop this, um, this, this, this track of fate, as it as it were? Um, I've been in bed and pleaded to a God that I'm not even sure exists for my mum back um, and to wake up and it will be a dream and mum to be there still. And I suppose this sort of behaviour is completely normal and part of the process. It's what we would call bargaining. The, I suppose, uh, the what if questions. The acceptance of mum's death is still something that I'm having a little trouble with, but ways in which I can help myself are by, as difficult as it may be, not using terms such as passed away or we've lost her. She's dead, she's not coming back. I've tried to say this from the start I dream about mum all the time and the dreams feel so real but when I wake although I'm extremely sad I feel like I've spent time in her company. Friends and relatives will tell me that it may have been her visiting and in some small part I may believe this. I'm not sure if that's because it's convenient because it's nice to believe this Um, but I also believe that this may have just been a dream. So I keep both sides open. I keep an open mind. But then I do that with most things in life. Either way, I wake up feeling closer to mum, and that I have spent time with her. So does the truth really matter? I feel like I've been battered this year with grief. But the important thing for us all to remember is that whichever path we take through the grief is the right path for us. I've spoken with clients who were concerned that their grief was going on for far too long or that their grief wasn't going on for long enough. Uh, This path can be short and it can be very long. There's no rules in place. There's no manual. There's no general normality. What you're thinking and what you are feeling is extremely normal for you. If you've got any questions about grief or would like to talk to somebody, Cruise Bereavement specialise in this. Give their helpline a call on 0808 808 1677. Incidentally, my mum was a fantastic counsellor for Cruise. If you feel you need to speak to someone right now, consider calling the Samaritans on 116 123. Um, If you'd like to reach out to me, you can get me on Twitter at Richard Sefton 3 or search my YouTube again, which is State of Mind with Richard Sefton. Give it a like, give it a subscribe and give it a share. Like I say, it may may help someone. Uh, Either way, come say hello, give me a follow uh, and I will speak to you very soon.